solemnly swear that I am up to no good. Bum, bum, ba, bum, 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 bum. Chapter 34, The Forest Again. Welcome to another episode. I'm Molly. And I'm Alex. And, and this is Potter Watch. Potter Watch. Yeah. Working at the Potter Watch. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Too much. Reel it back in. Um, I don't know if everyone saw this on Instagram, but one of our fine listeners, shout out to Tabitha. Tabs, you changed my life. I was talking to my phone like all the first night I knew found this out. I don't know if it works on all phones, but at least on an iPhone, if you like talk to Siri and you just say Lumos, it'll turn on your flashlight and Knox will turn it off. And it's the most amazing function I've ever heard of. I'm a witch. I'm a wizard. (laughs) Like like I can do Lumos. I did it in front of Griffin and he hadn't seen like what I was looking at. And he thought I was going crazy. He was like, why did you say Lumos into your phone? So did Ben and John. (laughs) Well, because also the first time mine didn't work. So oh. <laughs> I was like, Molly is lying, spreading false information on the Potter Watch Instagram. Mine worked. Did you mine, have Yeah, mine eventually worked. Like it worked the second time. I just like the first time it didn't work. And it also didn't work when I found out it worked. It worked. It didn't work for me. And then it worked for John. So I felt like I was a muggle. And so (laughs) that was not a good feeling. And then I tried it again and it worked. So I was a late bloomer, just like Nav. Classic story of a late bloomer. (laughs) The other business we have to discuss is the reunion. We watched it. Um, It was amazing. I loved it. (laughs) It was just like so sweet and like, Everyone was just so tender with each other. Yeah, it was so wholesome. Um, Some highlights for me, um, the Rupert and Emma conversation. Um, Really sweet. And the Tom Felton and Emma, they didn't talk to each other, but about each other. Oh, yes. Well, I have three highlights. (laughs) That one. Sorry. No, you're good. The Tom and Emma, like, I'm sorry, whoever edited slash put that together was shipping them so hard because the like, just the way those conversations were cut, I was living. She was like, I was in love with him. There was nothing else. There's no other way to say it. And I was like, I think you're you're both single right now. What's going on? They're not. They're dating forever. (laughs) Hmm? No, they're not because they're dating. Oh, because they're dating. They're together right now. Currently. You're so right. That would be insane. They wouldn't be able to date. Like the fandom would be. Yeah, they would. It would be blown way out of proportion. But I think that's honestly kind of like that gives it's like in terms of a writing aspect of their life. It's like more angst. You know, it's like they they have feelings for each other, but they can't be together because if people knew they were together, then it would just like explode. I think it's a little bit like Tom Holland and Zendaya though. Like they could like get it eventually. They just really need to slow burn telling it to the press. Well, I was thinking about that, but like 
on the sad end of like Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield, like it like blew up kind of. I mean, I don't know what happened, but like they Yeah, were, but I feel like they were really good at handling the press. I feel like the way reason they broke up wasn't because they were in the public eye, but just because like they had, you know. Yeah. They didn't work out, unfortunately. I loved them as a couple. I have a lot of follow-up questions for them about that. For uh, Tom and Emma? Yeah, I would like, no, uh, not Tom, um, Andrew. Oh, Andrew and Emma Stone, yeah. Oh yeah, two Emmas, we're talking about two Emmas here. Yes, I would like some follow-up cues for Andrew and Emma on why that ended. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was your third? My third moment is... Uh, Dan and Helena Bonham Carter Helena Bonham Carter reading that note to Daniel Radcliffe and him go like blushing and going oh I was just like I felt like I was going back to my um my like high school early college self just being absolutely smitten with Daniel Radcliffe at all times he was such a little cutie um Oh my god! Yeah, him like straight up hitting on her and being like, "If I was a little bit older, ten years older, like Dan, he's like maybe five, you know." (laughs) (laughs) She was hitting. She like flirted with him a little bit when she first got there because uh, when they went down in the like when they were walking, they did that race down the stairs and they were under the stairs or whatever. He was, she was like, don't worry, we're just snogging down here. And I was like, do I weirdly ship Daniel Radcliffe and Helena Bonham Carter? I could definitely see him having an older woman. Oh, 100%. He can handle himself. I I really enjoyed how they talked about obviously like some of it is stuff like we've heard before but like just like once again reflecting on like them growing up on set and then how different people treated them as they got older was like really Mm -hmm. interesting to me uh, yeah no I I just I thought it was such a charming sweet um reunion it like hit me in all the feels we immediately started a marathon we only watched the first four though we didn't like only I watched the first movie after um and yeah it just it was so so cozy um um I also loved the subtle shade at JK Rowling (laughs) yeah I they were they were in a bind and I guess had to deal with that like I wasn't I was surprised when they even used some of her footage from that interview which was only from like three years ago I was like oh I thought we weren't doing her yeah I wish we hadn't used any of her at all truly but like I get that it's hard to do that because like she was super involved like I mean like she's super involved in the filmmaking process and she created the world she wrote the world and everybody who's like talking in the documentary has like an anecdote with JK Rowling because they were so inspired by this world the same way we all are inspired by this world so it was I feel like a hard thing a hard line to walk and I think they walked it fine yeah yeah there were some times where I was like I feel like this much of her didn't need to be used but I did like that they were very pointedly like this was not (laughs) um was not for this this was not for this like we did not contact her for this she is not getting paid for this (laughs) yeah 
Uh, yeah, it was interesting how they dealt with that, but like it was, yeah, kind of unavoidable. Yeah, I mean, I really don't under, I don't know how else they could have done it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know either. Um, I kind of wish that we got more, like that beginning thing that they shot, like was kind of weird to me because I was like, where's everybody, like Daniel Radcliffe wasn't even in that part. Like, yeah, where it's just like Emma and then she's like greeting everybody, which I thought yeah, we were like, this is just like an Emma. Like, why is Emma the main character of the reunion? (laughs) Which loved that for her. But she looked amazing um, in that dress. Yeah, she looked beautiful. Um, But I was and then like, obviously, they just couldn't get everyone back for it. But I was like, there was a couple of people that I was like, oh, like they never did. Like, they didn't have Dumbledore, like Michael Gambon or like Maggie Smith or. Well, I've been reading- surprised that they didn't have Maggie Smith. A lot of people are like theorizing that they either couldn't get her or she was like worried about like COVID stuff because she's like 98. So- 78. 78, sorry. No, I think she's like eight. Sorry, she's 87. Something. Okay, we'll get there eventually. Sorry, I think she's close to 90 is what- No, yeah, that makes sense. I, I, her, I was like- because she doesn't do a lot of stuff anymore mm-hmm. anyway. And um, and the actress that played Mrs. Weasley, yeah. she, she's really sick. She has stage three uh, cancer. Oh, like, I didn't so, know that. So um, um, she retired from acting recently. And yeah, that was really sad. I'm like, Donald Gleason wasn't there for like that Weasley scene. Mm-hmm. But I mean- Obviously, they weren't going to get everyone back. I loved how much, like, Alfie Enoch was in it, though. Well, yeah, they were like, well, he's our only Black main character. Yeah. Like, I'm glad that they had Alfie. About the childhood stuff. like No, I was happy to have Alfie Enoch back. I think he is a cornerstone. It was just weird to have him back and not have, like, Seamus back, too. Like, I was like. Yeah, but see, like, I don't think that was intentional. Like, I feel like they would have invited, they would have allowed anyone to come back. Oh, okay. You think that? I don't know. I feel like they only invited certain people. But yeah, like, but they, yeah, it would be weird if they just had one. They didn't even invite like Cho back. See, wasn't she in the scene with, in the ballroom with Emma? I don't think so. Emma talks about her. Emma says, I'm really proud of the women that um, Cho Chang, Ivana Lynch, and uh, uh, and Bonnie Wright have become like they're all like some cool rad activist ladies which is really true I also love all of their Instagrams (laughs) very good yeah maybe you're right they were kind of selective but um that's just kind of surprising I guess yeah um because there are just some people that still like go to cons and stuff like that that I think they still like they're still very much like in the Harry Potter sphere that if they were asked to come back for this they 100% would have you know yeah yeah, the biggest one was Michael Gambon for me. I was like surprised. Yeah, that was weird for me too. Um, but like, um, what's her name who played um Tonks? Like, she would have certainly come back if she was asked because she goes to cons and stuff like that for Harry Potter. So yeah, but like for her, like I wasn't expecting her to be there because she's really right. Like I wasn't. Like I didn't miss her in in it. I'm just saying. Like I do think they were selective about their list, and they had to pay people. Some people are saying Maggie Smith didn't come back because they couldn't afford her, 
And I was like, I don't think that's true. I hope that's not true. Wow. I wonder how much they got paid. Me too. I think some people would have come back like either way. Like I think Daniel Radcliffe would have come back if they couldn't like. Well, yeah, I hope it wasn't like, here's a million dollars to come back for this. Like he doesn't need a million dollars. But I think some, I I don't know. I think they deserve to get paid for like the time. Like they're still having to film and work and stuff. But I think it's, but for me, it felt like a little bit like, you know, when you, when you get paid to be on like a talk show, like. Yeah. the Colbert report or like uh uh are you getting paid to do that because I thought you were getting like press out of it and like that's why yeah that's what I'm that. saying you get paid like a hundred dollars or something like you don't get like paid paid to do oh, it yeah it's like a it's like it, yeah and then like usually if you're like there to promote like a movie or something it's in your contract your filming acting contract yeah, yeah. to promote yeah. the movie yeah, that's what I, that's what I kind of thought. But, like, for something like this, like, they are still, like, they still had to do stuff, I guess. Yeah, especially, like, Emma. She had yeah. to, like, film that whole section. Yeah. But mostly, like, Dan, and I just liked watching them all chit-chat. Yeah. They, and they did, like, it was just enough, but they didn't, like, over, overdo. I mean, I still would have taken, like, more, but it was, like, a... It wasn't yeah, and it was organized well, like yeah. Did you cry? Did you tear up? I did not. Oh my god. Heart of stone. I know. But I yeah. was very nostalgic and yeah, I definitely wanted to watch the first movie after. It was just like seeing them all together again. I I honestly didn't cry as much as I thought I would. I got re- I teared up during like the Alan Rickman moment when they were talking like the immemorial immemorium part like when they were like all the people that we expected to be here that we grew because you just watched them talk about growing up with them yeah Um, that got me and then Emma and Rupert's conversation got me because it was just so real of like friends you haven't seen in a really long time that you're just like very close to just like her calling them all like cornerstones in her life like it just it it just got me yeah I think the part that probably got me the most was Tom Felton and um his dad talking about um the woman that played Narcissa oh yeah oh yeah that got me too like the whole in memoriam section that whole section got me but it's like specifically them because I feel like that's a character that's like not you know talked about a ton because she's mm-hmm. only in one or one and a like two movies mm-hmm. I guess um but like how impactful she was on them was like just so sweet and yeah well I knew that was gonna be rough because um Isaac whatever his first yeah. name is he him and her were very close like I remember like watching all of the like behind the scenes things and they're always like goofing around like they were like best friends on set and like when he called her his wife I just (laughs) it was too too much for me and then when Tom Felton was like trying not to cry anytime they were all trying I was like why are you trying so hard not to cry it is so hard to to watch like I'm gonna ball right here because Daniel Radcliffe every conversation he was like his he was welling up Um, when they also showed which I've seen that clip before but like sobbing the last day of set like 
he was just so emotional and well, I was so like, all of the all three of them were they were all like just like openly bawling yeah yeah oh they're such sweetie pies mm-hmm. and then like them just all coming together the three of them and just crying in a huddle together I was just like oh no yeah yeah it it got very real too like Emma talking about like all of her mental oh yeah like when she was like depression like talking about her like depression and almost leaving and that like journal entry I was like oh oh no yeah and Rupert too so Mm -hmm. oh yeah well to continue on the sad train we're doing today we're talking about chapter 34 the forest again guys guys I I was like, uh, this chapter will be easy. I'm ready for this sure, chapter. You know? It's fine. He has to die, but it's whatever. I know he lives. I cried. Like, it got me. <laughs> like, this is a very, I, I hate giving compliments to She Who Must Not Be Named, but this is a very well-written chapter. And it is, it's, it's, it just is good. It's good and it's sad. <laughs> I put like sad face emojis in my, my uh, notes. <laughs> And by emojis, I mean like just sad faces. Yeah, when you draw when you draw a sad face, is it an emoji? Well, in my head, I'm like, if I was typing, this is what it would be. <laughs> It'd be I the see. one with the tear coming down. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's hard to draw because then it just looks like an extra eye. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, no, I feel you. Ja feel. Ja definitely feel. Um, what did you? rename this chapter I renamed it I accept the close oh that's good that's good um I didn't do a haiku but I did four renames oh okay (laughs) because I had like a lot of different ones I was like I'll just do extra renames and I won't have to do a haiku (laughs) Mm, love it love um so I have the boy who lived um at the close the abandoned boys that's my favorite that's my favorite too I like have that in my note I was like how have I missed this every time I've (laughs) um and then the last one is until the very end but I'm if I had a band and it was like a subtle Harry Potter reference to be called the Abandoned Boys. Yeah, that was really good. I was like, JK just throwing out, uh, or she who must not be named, just throwing out the, that sick, sweet band name right in the middle of that chapter. I was like, well, we need to pause. We need to give that some... A moment. A moment. Just like, yes, the same way that Tom and Snape and I, the three abandoned boys, had all made this our home. I was like, okay, Harry. And <laughs> out I, here. I would throw Dumbledore in there too. Yeah, I wish honestly it was Snape, Dumbledore, and Harry. But Harry, I feel like, doesn't know enough about the truth of Dumbledore's past. Yeah. Um, yeah, so what was your haiku? Send us into some tears. Um there are no goodbyes, no crying, no pleading eyes, just him fit to die. Hmm. All right, are we ready? I think so.
Oh my gosh. So first of all, this chapter, I don't know if you guys have um, ever heard of the hit musical Hamilton, but <laughs> this chapter reminds me of, um, he aimed his pistol at the sky. Wait, like the spoken word poem that happens like as the bullet is like going toward Hamilton, mm-hmm. um, where it's like, um, I imagine death so much it feels more like a memory. When's it gonna get me on my beat seven on my feet seven feet ahead of me? You know, that whole part. Like Washington is watching on the other side, teach me how to say goodbye. Like that whole this chapter feels like that moment to me. Like it feels like we're in slow motion watching him walk to death. And like we're meeting all of these people that we've loved from the whole books. And like the same way that part of the poem, that part of the spoken word poem in that song like takes you through all of the characters you've grown to love in the musical. And it's just like a very like, and that's what I think got me like so teary eyed, but you're also like interspersing it with this poetry of like Harry talking about his heart beating and how there are only so few beats left and like him going on these existential thoughts about death and what it means and how he doesn't have that much longer and how is it fair that other people have time to waste and he is like counting his last minutes I just think it's all so beautiful and sad (laughs) and I was like and he just feels so grown up here like he on the on both sides of the coin he feels like a grown man like he's accepting death like this is the most he says like he's this is he says it's brave to walk to death but he like he it's the most brave thing he can do, just walking into this place without being armed. And it just feels so like he's a grown man. And then you get that scene with him and all of his parents and his loved ones. And he's just, then he feels like a little boy again. Yeah. Um, I, Sorry, that was a lot. I had a lot of feelings. No, you you summed up like everything that I was thinking as well. Just like the matureness, the brave choice he's making is like acceptance of it is like astounding. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I mean, I'm sure we're going to talk about it, but like him, him being master of death is him being accepting of death. Like he yeah. does quote unquote become the master of death in this um chapter um in terms of the deathly hallows but then the other thing that i just when you were talking about it made me think of is like the way that the third brother dies is he takes off the cloak and embraces death like an old friend and like that's literally what harry does in this chapter yeah 100 percent. i just thought about that as you were talking i was like uh he truly is like the third brother. Yeah. I'm going to cry again, guys. Everything's so emotional. Harry Potter's really fragile for me right now. Watching the reunion has just brought up a lot of feelings and we're getting really close to the end of the book. <laughs> um, it's also just like awful that he has to do this. Well, right. And he doesn't have any resentment towards Dumbledore for it. Right. He like uses it as a he like idol he goes he idolizes him but not in a like he idolizes him with knowledge like with 
the un- with understanding now he has a respect for him I think is a better way to say it like he like uses he's like Dumbledore would be strong in this moment and I will be strong in this moment and I will warn Neville and I will oh yeah he's not angry and I think that's partly why I've never been that angry at Dumbledore is because Harry's not um here in this chapter I just also think Harry doesn't have the luxury to be angry here. Like I wouldn't want my final moments to be filled with resentment either, you know? And I don't, and Harry's maybe a better person than me. I I think it's more, I get angry at Dumbledore the same way, like Ron or Hermione would. Like, I feel like it's, I'm, I'm approaching it like someone that I love had been through this like if it were me I probably would have an accepting and understanding that Dumbledore was doing what he needed to do but because I feel like I want to protect Harry and I love Harry I'm like mad at Dumbledore on Harry's behalf yeah the other thing that I think is like kind of funny is that not only is Harry like accepting of Dumbledore's choices he like literally emulates Dumbledore he's the new Dumbledore he's like I have to do what I have to do and I and he told, like, what you were saying, he, like, understands why Dumbledore did all of the things that he did. Yeah. And, like, I, I just like this moment of him him becoming the, the Dumbledore and, like, having a plan mm-hmm. and thinking steps ahead. And then you even see that after King's Cross when he comes back and is, like, confronting Tom. And he's, like, he's, like, this is the plan. And, like... I figured out this wand business without Dumbledore like yeah and yeah he's he becomes he becomes big daddy big daddy h big p let's say yeah big daddy p big daddy p works a lot better (laughs) big h (laughs) big big h um Um, um, Colin Creevy, that's where I am. Oh, yeah. Like, there, no. I mean, you said this too. Like, there are some really good, like, lines in this chapter. Like, as I was listening, I was like, oh, we should put that line in. We should put that. I'm like, this is just the whole chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, but one that was like really cold to me um about Dumbledore it was just like it really like hit home he was like how neat how elegant not to waste any more lives but to give the dangerous task to the boy who already had been marked for slaughter and whose death would not be a calamity but another blow against Voldemort like yeah and being the one to go after the Horcrux is like yeah why why waste somebody's life that's going to live if I'm already gonna die like just like that it was so neat I was like oh yeah I have that same note I said this chapter so well written but is so cold and morbid and I'm sure it was about that line because oh yeah but yeah Colin Colin and then Neville my beautiful brave boy and uh I mean I've said this like several times about Neville but just like anytime we get full circle with Neville and him being like the almost chosen one and him being like the one getting this like task I'm like yes yes <laughs> yeah I love that Harry gives this task to him and I love that it feels almost like faded like Harry yeah. like Harry says I don't know what came over me but I knew that I had to tell Neville and I 
And I just love that. I love I love the idea that the universe was like the, both of these boys that were born on this date are required to take down Voldemort. Um, uh, I uh, just Neville, Neville's so mature here too because I just I feel like he knows what Harry's doing, and oh, yeah. he knows. Like when he says when he takes his hand and says we're all gonna keep fighting. Yeah. Like, it's, I think he's saying like, you don't have to do this because we're going to keep fighting, but like he, I, he accepts it. And I just, I, I, so such a, like, it was so mature. Like uh, I just couldn't, I couldn't take it. Neville's always been like leaps and bounds about, oh, like over everyone in my head. Well, it takes a great deal of bravery to stand um, up to your enemies, but a great deal more to stand up to your friends. Oh, Nev. My sweetest, sweetest boy. Um, okay, I'm at the abandoned boys, which we've already talked about. And him saying, like, he was home. He was already home. Yeah another line that I was like I can't that's I started crying at the I was already home moment too like you like you want to die at home and he was like well this is my home Hogwarts is my home Hogwarts is my home that's another rename (laughs) the first time I read this I'm pretty sure that I had completely forgotten about the snitch at this point. And I was like, oh my God, the snitch. I Even right now when I was reading it because I was so emotional, like in, in my feelings, I forgot about the snitch. Like I was like, I knew he was going to see his family, but like my brain was like, why is he bringing out this snitch? Is this the time? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, obviously it's the time. My question is, does he ever get to say I told you so to Hermione about this? Because he called this shit from the beginning. I would like to think so. I hope so. (laughs) I hope like when he comes back, like at the end of the war, they're all sitting in the Great Hall or whatever. And he's like, guess what, Hermione? (laughs) Remember when I said that I thought the resurrection stone? (laughs) I was right. And remember when I was, when I said that the uh, Deathly Hollows were real? I was right. I actually have a feeling like he probably doesn't tell anyone about this moment. Like this is just for him, like him seeing his parents and uh, yeah, Lupin and Sirius. Like, I think that's just like so intimate for him that he just like wants to keep that for himself. Yeah. Um, in fan fiction, there's a lot of like mystery around Harry dying. And so it's always like a big reveal when like Draco, for instance, like finds out that Harry has died and come back to life. Like, and it's only in like fix where it's like required, like some, like his magic is more powerful. Like it's why he can do like wandless magic more easily because he just like has, you know, but um, yeah, it's always like a big moment when he reveals that because it is something so personal to him. And I think he, yeah. 
I mean, I, I would feel like he would say that more than he would say like this moment. Like, well, Ron and Hermione yeah. certainly know that part, but um, yeah. Talking about the, I've actually, I haven't read many fan fictions where he talks about the resurrection stone. I, I like right now I can't think of one. And I think that's actually pretty good writing. I don't think he's going around telling that story. You yeah. Know? Even to like a romantic partner. I don't, I yeah. think it's just like, that's again. Yeah. It's just like for him, but like, I could see him telling Jenny, honestly, that's the, like, I feel like, cause I, I mostly can feel like I see, I could see him telling Ginny anything. Yeah. Just because just because of who Ginny is. Like I can't see him telling Draco, even though I write a lot of dreary. Yeah. That. And I don't even mean like he's keeping it a secret, but more just like that's just like something he holds in his heart. Like he doesn't need yeah. to tell anyone. Yeah. Like he's not getting it off his chest like he is with like some of these other things. Right. I could just see him like talking to Ginny, like in front of a fireplace and chatting about it one <laughs> one night or whatever I do think it's interesting how he keeps where well, I don't I, I, at least it's at one point he refers to like holding Draco's wine like he specifically says, I know he says that I was like it's like a Chekhov's gun that we're supposed to be like oh this is going to be important that yes Draco's but my mind of course like I went to a dreary place and I was like well not not like dirty but just yeah, like He's like he specifically was like here I am holding Draco's wand. Very like, aware of whose wand it is. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and then I was like, Alex, it is not the time. <laughs> um, but as you would say, we get the true marauders here. We do. We get Lily and Lupin and Sirius <laughs> and James. Do you think if we weren't going to get the King's Cross scene, like Dumbledore would have been here? Like, I feel like it's like, yeah. I love that it's obviously just them, but like, I feel like he would be in that. I place. think, I think so. I think so. I think it's, if we didn't get the King's Cross scene, then he would show up here. Certainly. Yeah. yeah. That's a good call. But yeah, it's just- This feels like so family though. I'm glad, like, I think Dumbledore belongs in that category, certainly. But I love that it's the true Marauders. Like, I just love that it's all of them together. And oh boy, did my heart break at, I didn't want any of you to die. <laughs> and then about, and then him saying, and Lupin, your son, and, and- I mean, I was like, well, I'll, I could just cry forever. And just having Lupin be like, I'm sad too. I really wanted to meet him and get to know him. And I wanted him to meet me, but like, he'll know that his parents died trying to make the world a better place. And I was like, <sighs> it's just such a beautiful line. Mm -hmm. Loop, loop to dupe. Loopy doopy. No, no. <laughs> um, and like Harry asking, does it hurt? And serious answering, oh, like falling asleep. <laughs> I'm like, well, serious, you just fell into a veil. So <laughs> that <laughs> it might be more painful for other people. You don't know. <laughs> like I think with the AK. 
Yeah, the AK might be gentle. Quick. Mm-hmm. Um, another, like, compelling line or thought, I guess, that he has is, like, um, the dead who walked beside him through the forest were much more real to him now than the living back at the castle. Like, Ron, Hermione, and Jenny, and all the others were the ones who felt like ghosts. I thought that was just, like, a cool sentiment I guess like yes thinking of it like that oh I forgot I also had a note I just I love the scene of him watching Ginny oh yeah like her like taking care of that little girl I'm like why is that little girl here did she choose to come back like this is so sad she bit off more than she could chew mall she bit off more than she could chew that's a little Gryffindor right there yeah it like broke my heart everything about this chapter was so sad I was just I was in my feelings big time um I I think the magic of the stone is really interesting because they obviously all know what's going on and I guess like the idea is that they are just like a projection of Harry they're not like themselves Mm -hmm. necessarily yeah like like they're created by Harry's memory of them so they're connected to Harry that's really interesting see I thought of it so literally like they know what's happening because like they're in heaven or wherever they are like watching over Harry and so of course they're like up to date on everything they've known for a while they've they've been seeing the tea get spilled yeah (laughs) yeah no that's true too I didn't really I well originally I think I guess I thought about it or I hadn't really thought about it at all but like Sirius I think Sirius says like we're part of you invisible to anyone else that's that's what made me think of like no you're totally right that's exactly what it is it's that it's they're they're made up of his memories of them that's exactly how it works I just I had always seen it that other way but it like it, it definitely makes more sense like this I just I don't know yeah, but not necessarily because they are different like Sirius and Lupin are younger than Harry has ever known them so like mm-hmm. I think you you could be right too but um, um I just think it's so lovely that they're there <laughs> yeah that he gets them there and Honestly, if he was going to die here, it, he has like a whole, he gets to be with his family. Yeah. I never thought he was going to die for real. I mean, me either. <laughs> but like even at this chapter, did you think? No, because I, knew I had like three chapters left. <laughs> yeah. But I, I had never read a book where we didn't know the ending, you know? So if he mean? Like, if he died here, we wouldn't know, like, we wouldn't know what happened. <laughs> I, like, I just was like, the book can't just end, like, it's not going to end like that. Well, I, I mean, I feel like I had read books where, like, they change characters each chapter like whose perspective you were reading and like mm-hmm. one of those characters died and so like yeah everyone- I've read books like that too but yeah. Harry Potter's not like that I was like we're not about to like switch to Hermione's POV <laughs> yeah I yeah I guess um I mean obviously like he doesn't but I was if he had like I guess 
they would still maybe do the epilogue or an epilogue. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, I think that would have been fine. I just, I would not have been ready <laughs> for Harry no. to die. I wouldn't ever reread the series. That would just be awful. I think, yeah, I think that's horrible. That Harry's death somehow would be worse than any other characters because it was like so faded and prophesied. Like that would just be awful to me. Yeah, no, I wouldn't like And that. I would never forgive Dumbledore. If he actually died, I would never forgive Dumbledore. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, I'm at the <laughs> Death Eaters. Um, me too. <laughs> I just was like, and I know we said this, I think, last chapter, but like, damn, this is a long hour that they got waiting. <laughs> <laughs> they were just like, um. Nobody Does he come or I mean, do you have a little bonfire going? <laughs> Bellatrix being like, "Can I say something?" Voldemort's like, "No." Do you have any marshmallows? <laughs> He's coming. <laughs> I don't like that Harry's essential last words are, "You were right to Voldemort." <laughs> yeah. It's not you were right, it's something else, but like that's the sentiment. Because Voldemort's like, I was mistaken. And yeah, I think like, it's like you, you weren't. weren't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, let's not give him that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's better because it wasn't. Yeah, not his real Lazarus. Yeah. Um, Ugh, ugh. These Death Eaters. I love the like seeing Voldemort a little defeated. Like, yeah, I was so sure he would come, which is odd because I do you think Harry would come if he hadn't have gotten that? No, I don't. Yeah, so I was like, well, that was a dumb assumption. Like. What what do you think would have happened next? Like they they really just would have started fighting again because like I think Voldemort doesn't want to do that. He's like losing too many people. Yeah, I think they would have fought again, but it would have made Dumbledore. I mean, Dumbledore. It would have made Voldemort look really weak. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is his second. You've got one hour, like. Right, like you have to be ready to like put your money where your mouth is never make idle threats or empty threats like that I don't know it just like every time he does that it weakens his position but um yeah I think Harry certainly wasn't going to confront Voldemort until the snake died so like maybe him Ron and Hermione would have all gone to the snake you know to get him and the snake yeah yeah so maybe he would have showed up because they have killed all the other horcruxes they would have just like Ron and Hermione would have been there with him under the cloak so maybe Voldemort was right that they would always show up but yeah um why do we have to have Hagrid here this is hard enough already without I have that same note I was like um JK did we have to have Hagrid watch Harry come to die do we have to have him saying Harry no was that necessary the 
the ne- next next chapter is even worse. Right, when he's carrying Harry's like body and just sobbing. Oh no. Also, back to the reunion when Robbie Coltrane is like, I'll be gone in 50 years, but Hagrid will still be here. It's just oh. like Robbie. Yeah, and then he starts welling up, and I was like, oh no, Robbie. Because it was it was just like, oh yeah. Too precious. Too sweet. Also, Harry's last thought is of kissing Jenny. Jenny I had never really thought about it before. I'd never like picked up on it. Jenny's lips. Jenny's lips and Draco's wand. Am I right? I had two sad emojis there. So I had another I, sad emoji. I love it. I'm such a Harry Jenny stan. <laughs> yeah, I feel like especially, which is funny for you to say, but um, especially like this read through, I feel like we both like reappreciated their relationship again. I don't know. I feel like I just think they're so, it a lot. I just think they're so perfect for each other. And like even more than when I was younger, like I really loved them together. But honestly, I fell in love with that ship like writing dreary fan fiction which is like (laughs) crazy but like I was like just thinking about their relationship and their friendship like post breakup and it made me ship them so much together as a like I get so many comments that were like this fan fiction made me ship Harry and Ginny again even though like it's not like uh, I, I get it like I feel like it's hard to explain but I understand what you're saying right like it just like they have such a core understanding of each other as people that in like a connection that I don't think they can have with other anyone else and they I think she who must not be named does a really good job with the amount of time that is dedicated to that relationship to really show that and I just love them so much so so this time it was nice us going through it was nice to like just see it all pan out because so many people are against Harry Ginny and I just think they are yeah I feel like I always like shipped them or like liked them together but I didn't Mm -hmm. really give it much thought it was just like I took it for granted that relationship I've always liked Ginny more specifically and I was like yeah I I like them together like sure like I just right kind of took it for granted like this read through at least for me I was like oh, like, I really see why they work and, like, why it's not just out of convenience, although it is a little bit. Yeah. Okay. I'm at the end here. Me too. Um, How many points did you give this chapter? I gave it 150. I did, like, a flat 100. But yeah, that makes sense. I just think the writing is so good. I do too. Daniel Radcliffe did a great job writing this chapter. <laughs> yeah, Daniel Radcliffe killed it. Killed the game. <laughs> Which Harry's my champion. I don't know Harry, if that's a surprise. Harry's my champion and I don't have a rat. I didn't want to acknowledge any. Mine um, was just Voldemort. Right. I mean, that. I just felt like this was like not about him. this chapter wasn't about him so I didn't want to acknowledge him by giving him the rat (laughs) there are so many like tattoo thoughts in this chapter but I think mine would be just like until the the very end yeah 
which is kind well, of like my preferred always I think um I, I mean I've said this before I love the the real marauders so <laughs> uh it would be something with with them um you've already talked about that tattoo too haven't you I, yeah I mean I love I love what Lupin says I can't remember the exact quote about like fighting um, for a world fighting for a world um which is so ironic given who wrote it um but um I do think that that is a really lovely sentiment um I'm very excited for the next chapter this is like my princess tale I feel like the next chapter yeah okay interesting this is like it's just I mean it's not necessarily what I I don't know I haven't reread it in a while I don't think of it as like poetic maybe as like the princess tale but it just for me as a reader I had so many unanswered questions and I felt like I got real closure with this chapter that I've been wanting for so long um and I just love the Dumbledore of it all (laughs) oh yeah Dumbledore is so I just love that whole conversation like also the mind warp of like just because it's in your head what means it's not real or that doesn't mean it's not real or whatever the line is yeah just very nice inside your head Harry doesn't mean that it's not real yeah so good but that's for next week Mm -hmm. tune in for potter watch (laughs) keep turning those dials yeah um yeah i guess stay magical charmed i'm sure mischief managed bum 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 bum